Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a bourbon group or you are a store or a distillery and you need custom laser etched glassware at wholesale prices, that means the prices are pretty damn good, y'all. Check out distilleryproducts.com. I am happy to get you in touch with them. It is a family-owned and operated business. Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks over there at distilleryproducts.com. They not only have laser etched glassware, they also have awesome swag like customized flasks and other cool things like drink stirs. Check it all out. Go to distilleryproducts.com, see for yourself, and reach out to me. I would love to get you in touch with them. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coolers. It is summer. Summer is hot. It's hot everywhere. You need a cooler that is going to be able to hold ice while it's hot. And Orca Coolers has that. They also have awesome tumblers. They have a barrel tumbler. It looks like a little whiskey barrel. Check them all out at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON and get 20% off your order. That's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N. Make sure to check them out. Get a cooler or a tumbler. I mean, that cooler holds ice three, four, five days, no problem. I mean, you open that thing up after a few days, the ice looks like you just put it in there. Make sure to go to orcacoolers.com and use code DAD. Season. All right, we all hear the trumpets every single time we turn on the TV. That is because it's the Olympics, and Action 24 7 wants to let you get in on the action with daily promos, boosts, and patriotic parlays. Check their social media every day to see how you can make some money while cheering on the USA. There's MLB free bets the rest of the week through Saturday. Bet $30 on any MLB game, and you get a $25 free bet one per customer you can bet triple a at action 247.com and they also have free to play games every day use code dads 100 they will match up to a hundred dollars of your first deposit they have some big games in the work for the music city grand prix and week one of football season so stay tuned go to action 247.com use code dads 100 Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. How are you, Zeke? Still alive and kicking, son. It is good to hear your voice. I had to do the Watershed show without you. It wasn't the same. I never like it when it is a Sans Zeke Baker show. Well, my apologies. Uh, scheduling conflicts between... Uh the show and uh me with a kid day and well we, we all know who's going to come first there so absolutely 100 percent. that's how it should be but i thought you were just leaving me because you were busy watching pappy gate i mean you actually posted something in the dad shrinking bourbon facebook group for once in your life you're also trying to karate kid a fly over there at your house i'm just watching zeke slap stuff I can't tell you how many times I said the same line over and over because all of a sudden there's just random claps, but eventually I decided to just go with it. So if you hear a random clap, Zeke is trying to get that gnat. It's not a thunderstorm. Uh, we have not had any rain in Nashville this week. It's supposed to be around 100 degrees, and uh, I'm in full ADD mode being tortured by a gnat. By the end of the night, that, that little sucker's going to lose. <laughs> 
Isn't that one of those things that's so good? I mean, this is not where I thought this conversation was going to go, but you know, when you have a fly in the house for like one or two days and you can't get it, you try to get it, you can't get it. And then you finally get it like that sense of accomplishment when you finally get that fly. So you, you think what you're seeing is funny. So speaking of a fly last night, there was a fly in the house. Cause of course, go outside with the kids. They still don't process the whole, like uh, when you go outside, shut the damn door thing. Try having two 60 pound dogs with a kid that does not understand shut the damn door. Neither one of those dogs can open the door. Both of my kids can. Yeah. But if my kid leaves it open, then they go darting outside. Yeah. You got them shot collar things though. No, no collars on them right now. At any rate. So a flies in the house. Layla's uh, petrified of anything that flies. So she's yelling and pitching a fit every time she sees this thing. So here I come with a towel trying to swat and kill it. And, of course, it takes a few swings, which every swing they laugh. Then the fly comes back. Then they're petrified again. Then I swing again, and you can see where this is going. <laughs> I, I do finally manage to kill it. But uh, needless to say, supper time last night was beyond humorous. Well, I'm glad you had that. You also <laughs> left me for a night. You left me hanging because you needed to watch Pappy Gate. For some reason, that was like gnawing at you to the point that you actually posted in our Facebook group is what I was saying before we went on to the most interesting conversation in the world about flies and gnats. But Well, people keep talking about it. I'm sure you're seeing it because we're in a lot of the same chats, but it's popped up multiple times. Um, I've had you know other bourbon friends or even friends that just know I'm into bourbon messaging me like, oh, have you seen this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right. Like, shit, I need to watch this just to see what it's about. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I would assume you, you probably have since you have more free time than I do. What do you mean I have more free time? <laughs> the slow laugh was already rolling in on that one. Up. <laughs> but no, like. I'll halfway spoil this for anybody listening because. Well, I mean, everybody knows what happened. If you know bourbon and you follow a bourbon, it's not a spoiler to talk about a documentary that was about a news story from three years ago. If you haven't figured out what happened by now, like there's no spoiler alert. Y'all should know this already. Well, no, like that's the spoiler is this whole documentary, which they decided to make in the two 45 minute segments, not just one is about a guy that works Buffalo Trace pull some booze on the side, probably from work. The main thing he ends up doing, along with some other non-bourbon illegal shit, is another friend is rolling out some barrels from Turkey Ford. And that's what he's selling to people. And that's what he gets hung on. Like, that's what they find on his property. They don't find any bottled Buffalo Trace products. They find what is alleged to be five unmarked barrels from Turkey. And that's like 90% of the show along with the stupid sheriff that's trying to arrest him. And then at the end is like an encore. Oh, by the way, we did find the guy that really stole all the pappy, but it was when we were trying to bust this other guy. And so to get anybody to talk, we offered full immunity. And after we offer full immunity, he spills the beans and then roll the credits. But there's countless pictures of Buffalo Trace, countless placements of Buffalo Trace products, all this rigmarole, even better, other than Pappy, the two rare things they talk about, Eagle Rare, and then a ton of pictures of Blanton's. And when you first hear Eagle Rare, you're like, oh, they're going to pull out ER-17. Like, that's a big boy bottle. No, son, just regular Eagle Rare. Like, 
they're taking a product that probably allocated in most areas, but if it's not, after seeing that, it sure as shit will be. Because anybody that's been hiding under a rock that missed the bourbon boom is going to be like, man, I saw that Eagle Rare in the documentary. They say that's hard shit to get. They had Blanton's right next to it. That's hard shit to get. It's from Buffalo Trace. Woo. Like, man, it could have been an ad for like passive Buffalo Trace promotion more than it was a documentary. I think you just hate on it because it's Buffalo Trace. Like, you have a bias there. You are predisposed. It has nothing to do with that. It literally was like a, a pseudo ad. I mean, it was meant to send like subliminal messaging. I thought it was kind of like one of those Bill Hader on SNL parodying Dateline, where it was like. No, it was clickbait. Well, no, because it was, when I say it was parodying Dateline, because like he's like, and since it's Dateline, we only have one picture. That we show five different ways. You know, where it's like the picture, they showed the same role of them playing softball over and over and over again. Like, enough with the damn softball thing. Like, it could have been 25 minutes you cut out of the show if you just said, yeah, they all played softball and did some roids together. Like that would have been enough and I would have got the gist of what they did and it wouldn't have been a shocker to me when they found Royds in his safe. Well, the fact they call it Pappy Gate, though, it, 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 it might as well just be pure clickbait because they act like that's the premise of the show. The only thing that's tied to the actual Pappy Gate, again, is glamorizing of what should be shelf stock somewhat mediocre buffalo trace products i just love your hot take on this because it's not like your hot take is man he shouldn't have been doing it (laughs) this is look what he did to his family look what he did to his wife you're just like screw these products man (laughs) and they make it in there it's just because the way it was addressed and the way it's laid out everything about it was awful call it steroids and bourbon cool then you at least be watching something that was applicable to what you thought it was going to be. Because this whole time you think there's going to be some link to this Pappygate shit they talk about from day one or minute one, this whole excerpt shit with all the sheriff and he all his, you know, whatever, only to find out after they talk about busting him and after all his friends, oh yeah, by the way, this wasn't even what we've spent 90 minutes talking about. Um, we got 60 seconds left. We'll show you this extra footage we got. Uh, that's the guy that stole the shit. Peace. We're out. Thanks. <laughs> he got no charges. Thanks again. It made it seem like if those two took that much pappy out, and I'm sure there were other employees that were grabbing a pappy here and there, how much pappy was actually making it out of the distillery the right way? Well, I mean, based on when a lot of this would have taken place, it wasn't that big back then. It would have been less likely they would miss it and less likely these people would make that much money off of it. So that's the other thing. I'm glad you said this. It pissed me off. When it's showing the values for all this stuff, you and I are both on boards. It's not the real boards. I have not seen any bottle move for that high unless it was linked to like a charity or drunk asshole bidding or, or something happened. Like Unless Willett decided to put out a Van Winkle. There's no way the bottles went that high. So that was the other thing. It's like it's showing these bottles and it's claiming they're worth this much. And these guys made this much for it, which back then they wouldn't have sold for that high. But it also, again, 
it, it puts the spotlight on them. And now it gives the perception to the uneducated person that they're worth that much more than they really are to begin with. So it just makes it that much more of a tater bottle. Like everything about this was, was just negative to me, literally. Take the whole thing aside. I think it's interesting the fact that there was a whole ring of softball players that there are plenty of barrels that fall off a truck and then they get bottled and people find their way to get a hands on one at the same time. Like they're not the only ones that did this. I'm not saying that's okay. What they did was illegal, but I think the more interesting thing was talking about like the distribution and how it went out. Like there were nuts and you know me, I'm a sucker for the nuts and bolts in the business side of it. Like I didn't want to see reenactments of people playing softball and all that other stuff. Like I wanted to know more of the ring of, all right, well, how did somebody know to come to you all and get Pappy or get Turkey or get whatever? Like, how did it work? How did people know that you were the ones to go to? Did they tell their friends who told their friends who told their friends? Like at some point I figured it would have come out before they got the anonymous tip. The other thing I would say is like, I think the whole premise of the show heist in general is that it's two episodes. It's two episodes for every single one. There's three stories. Each story has two episodes. The one about the armored truck, that was probably my favorite. A lot of people were talking about the drug plane one being good as well, but both those are good. But back to your networking question, granted you grew up above the Mason Dixon line. So it may have been different. Everybody knows about the good old boy network, no matter where you grew up. Other than the fact your dad was the popos, that probably hindered you a lot. No, I mean, I know about the good old boy network, but I think for people that don't know about the good old boy network, like that would have been an interesting, you know, because they said basically it was the good old boy network. Well, everybody knows a guy who knows a guy, especially down south. I mean, the good old boy network is there in the north, but like you get places like New York where they're like, I know a guy. You come down here. It's like, hey, man, I got a friend. He got this. Everybody's got someone. I mean, it's simple, Edwards. You want a tow? I can get you a tow. <laughs> I really miss that rug, man. <laughs> um, Tied the room together. <laughs> Think about it. Like, look back to the roots of bourbon, which I guess is kind of even funnier if you want to, like, loosely link Pappy to the Van Winkles, to the Weller line, to Old Fitz. Well, where did that all get his name from? Fitzgerald. What did he do? Steal whiskey out of barrels for personal consumption. There you go. It's been going on as long as the world's been spinning, and they've been making whiskey, son. Yeah, but now when the government can't get their tax, well, I mean, at that point, it's not even the government. It is the distillery itself. And think about how big a distillery has to be. You know how much volume Buffalo Trace is putting out. You know how much volume Jack Daniels is putting out. I mean, those big distilleries, they can lose a bottle and nobody has any idea. Well, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're making bukus a day. That's crazy to me because, you know, we talked to some craft distilleries that are like, man, I make two barrels a week and every single bottle is so important to them. Back in the day, the margins weren't there. They didn't have the employees they had. They probably didn't have the technology. Like it would have probably put them in the red to try and like, you, you know, have security and monitoring functions for those things. Like end of the day, well, we could pay for this much technology or this much, uh, you know, security, so to speak. 
or we can just say to hell with it, man. We're going to have losses here and there. Keep going. I just don't think the documentary makers presented the argument in the best way possible. Like, I really liked what they did with the other ones. Whoever got assigned Pappy Gate just didn't do a, yeah. a good job laying out the story. Oh, no, they shit the bed. That's what made it even worse was, so I watched those other two because, you know, the auto, like, next episode feature kicks on and I'm doing stuff around the house. And I'm like, these are really intriguing. That they, they seem to have the narrative painted pretty well. They don't deviate. It, 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 it's well thought out and laid out. Like, what, did somebody punt this over here to the um, the intern or something? Like, ah, oh, we're too busy. Go send the, the student we got for the week down there to film this one or something. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't fit any aspect of, like, even the show almost other than it being about a heist. It was just very repetitive. <laughs> I could have done with one episode of it. I really could have. Like, there was nothing new. Maybe if one episode, so here's another way I'm putting the producer hat on. If one episode was all about Toby and his family and the wild turkey ring and the softball boys, but then the end of that first episode, they cut to the footage where you actually hear about the other guy. And then they spend 45 minutes talking about the real guy that took all the Pappy and Pappy gate, like, and then gave his backstory and got him to talk about it. Like that would have been cool. Cause that would have been like the first episodes, the complete setup. You're thinking it's this other guy. You find out his story. You find out all, all the ancillary characters in his story. But then it's like, Oh wait, actually it was this guy. And now we're going to spend 45 minutes talking about him. I could have seen that all day. Yeah, but it wasn't. No. Build up, build up, build up. Oh wait, exit stage left. Drop the curtain. Bye. <laughs> it's like every girl that's ever been with Zeke. There's a build up, build up, build up. And then he lets him down. They don't exit stage left. They jump off of it. <laughs> All right. So long story short, Zeke was not a fan of heist. I would have made some changes. I was not the biggest fan of the episode as well. For more editing, producer, directorial reasons, not for anything like story's fine enough. I'm not going to give a hot take because people are giving hot takes about the individual and the, the criminality of the situation, whether or not the police were right to even step foot on its property in general that's not my hot take my hot take is just i was not entertained by watching the pappy gate episode if any of you want to venture out to it and we'll end our rant at this i highly recommend doing it while you have at least two other things to do like folding clothes or something around the house but you, you don't need to be glued to the tv for this i promise so we are drinking the fifth anniversary release of Remus Repeal Reserve from MGP and Luxco. This was a rare medley of five bourbons ranging from 2005 to 2008 from its 174-year-old Lawrenceburg, Indiana distillery. So Luxco will debut Remus Special Reserve Series 5 in September. A limited annual release Series 5 is the fifth edition of the award-winning Remus Repeal Reserve Bourbon Collection. Produced to commemorate the repeal of Prohibition in 1933, David Whitmer, the master blender, says Remus Repeal Reserve has been an amazing journey for our distillery team, and we have wanted to do something extraordinary for our fifth year anniversary. 
Series 5 exemplifies what our Remus Repeal Collection stands for to showcase the incredible range of medleys and aged reserves we work with in Lawrenceburg. Whether this is your first taste of our Repeal Collection or your fifth, Series 5 represents a particularly special opportunity for us to show you what great bourbon can be. I know you want to know what is the whiskey that is in the barrel. The medley is 9% 2005 bourbon with a 21% rye recipe, 5% of a 2006 year bourbon with 36% rye, 19% a 2006 bourbon with 21% rye, 13% 2008 bourbon with 21% rye, and 54% 2008 bourbon and 36% rye. It is a 100 proof 50% ABV. And Zeke, this limited edition bottle comes in at, what do you think it comes in at? On these around 100? $89.99. But the regular repeal reserve goes for 40 You don't be even limited. I, I think this bottles look pretty good. They, they've got a feel to them. It kind of reminds me of a... Um, oh, little Gatsby-ish. Gatsby era, kind of like the, the hockey guy we had on. Belfort. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of that it's got a good feel to it. It's kind of like old school, a little bit industrial, a little Gatsby, Gatsby-ish. Well, and it's supposed to look like those 1930s prohibition times because that is the goal of it is to celebrate the repeal of prohibition. Obviously, it has a different name, but isn't this just essentially kind of replace and pick up the Metsy selects when Metsy left? Kind of. I mean, it, it's... Those were limited edition blends of some years that they did once a year, right? I mean, yeah, the Mets was there once a year, but this is actually a brand because there is that regular repeal reserve that you can get for 40 bucks that's on the shelf. This, along with the Rossville Rye, are the two like main brand staples for MGP themselves. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. It just kind of coincided that, hey, we're coming out with our own brand. Hey, we also used to do this under a previous master distiller, and folks liked it. Why not keep it going? At least that's my loose interpretation. Well, and also it's kind of like what is going on with Dickel. It's like everybody is using our stuff. Why aren't we putting out our stuff more? And let's not have other people use our stuff as much. Oh, yeah. Maybe just really a technicality, but didn't MGP buy out? Lux coat, not the other way around. Well, the press release says Luxco announces fifth anniversary release of I Remus. Know. I heard you. That's just why I'm asking because I understood it to be that MGP bought out Luxco, so it seems kind of funny they're putting everything under that umbrella unless there's some reason behind it. You know, little uh, smoke and mirror game or something. So here's what I think because it says it in a whiskey advocate column. When they're talking about MGP purchasing Luxco, they say instead MGP is after Luxco's national sales and distribution network, which will immediately put George Remus, Rossville Union, Eight and Sand, and any other house brands that MGP may create on store shelves nationwide. Tacking on Luxco's range of whiskeys and other spirits sweetens the pot considerably, however. So if they're using their distribution, maybe they have to say it's Luxco and they're almost separating out like MGP is the in-house cookery and people could buy whiskey from them and you know, contract to still with them and Luxco in a sense, it's like almost like farming out in insurance 
Like if somebody's doing your vision for you, they still kind of work for you, but you know, they're ultimately using your name. They're separate, but equal in, in that sense. Like they're doing the work. They have a name. Yeah. You're, you're with me. Yeah. yeah no, I, get it. I just, I've picked up on that ever since the buyout that they've kind of immediately put that name at the forefront, which I thought was a little interesting or whatever. At any rate, on to the juice. What did you think about this whiskey, Zeke Baker? Nose-wise, it seemed kind of uh, reserved, no pun intended. <laughs> it was ethanol-y at first, a little time in the glass. That kind of cooled off pretty good. Uh, I put down drunk pecans. I, I don't know. Kind of came to me. Also, it reminded me of uh, toffee from a Heath bar. Again, once the alcohol cook cooled off, it was still pretty reserved, I felt like. Palette-wise, it, it kind of jumped ahead of uh, what would be my normal progression, but the first thing I really picked up was uh, even right on the mid-palate, the, the oak comes in in a, a very noticeable but not out-of-check form. It was just the first thing that really reared its head on me. Working back through it, I thought the front end kind of reminded me of Golden Grams. Also on the front, it immediately develops a really good viscosity. I thought that the oak teetered from the mid pretty much all the way through, but it never really tipped the scale. Randomly, some rye kicks up at the back, just kind of puts you in check on, uh, I guess, how easy you're getting through this. But beyond that, as far as the finish, the the viscosity in that oak is really what hung around and lingered for a little bit. I thought it was it was interesting. I know it's not the best word, but if you like a nice viscous kind of oaky pour with some sweet this hits the nail on the head for me it, it's not heavy oak and it's certainly not charred salty bitter oak which some mgp products have lended towards lately it just kind of like if again I, I thought teetering but doesn't tip the scale was the best way to describe it i don't know about you but i thought this was fairly grassy as well on the nose and the taste for me did you cut the yard today no too damn hot to cut the yard today son I mean, if you did, I'd, I'd be calling you stupid, among other things. But I mean, all the grass is burnt up. It needs to rain again before I cut my lawn. Well, you need a gas-powered mower, too. But that's another story. My yard's not big enough to have a gas-powered mower. What the hell am I going to do a gas-powered mower for with my yard? Pull it, crank it, walk in the yard like a man. <laughs> well, half my yard has a freaking swing set on it. So I'm really just mowing a small piece of grass. Why the hell should I have to go to the gas station, fill up a tank, do all that other bullshit when I could just get a lithium ion battery, put it in my mower, be done with it in 45 minutes. You can just fill it up when you're filling up the wife's tank. You're fine. (laughs) I also got a lot of chocolate and caramel on here. I think that was an aspect that was there. I, I agree with you on the oak. And none of it was really too much. But as far as this one's concerned, we're both going to say it is a blend of old MGP in all sorts of years that, you know, from 13 year old to even older. And this is not over oaked. And it's only 90 bucks when it could be a hell of a lot more. That ain't bad. It's a blend. I, I don't think you get the main oakiness that we don't like when it gets too old at MGP because this is a blend and they're 
they're really good at blending at MGP as well, where it's not overpowering it. It's an enjoyable pour. It's cheaper than you're going to find it at other places. Their other George Remus, the $40 MGP, is a very good value as well. I don't think you're going to sit here and be disappointed with this pour at sub 100 for double digit aged bourbon. No, um, empirically, I don't think any of us like a $90 bottle in the opposite side of the, uh, I guess, opinion scale there. If this thing had, you know, a, like some of that sweet cherry aspect to it or, or just something along those lines, it would knock it out of the park. That was that was my only observation was there just wasn't a ton of sweet to it. The oak that's there's good and normally MGP doesn't age well. For this to be all comprised of 13 plus, I think it's put together very well and, and showcases a, a good oak aspect. Um, again, if, I, if I'm talking about completeness though, it's just missing, uh, you know, that, that those kind of sweet cherry fruits from the front pop. But if it's got that, boom. I mean, it's just a complete home run. I still think it's a solid triple. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's good. I'm I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying, like, on the scale of really good, uh, whoo, wow. Like, that's all that's missing. And I, I don't have any complaints about the things I pick up in the profile. But if you're, um, if you're a check-the-box kind of person, you're not going to get a ton of checks on that sweet side, I don't think. But I will say, I mean, it was a triple with some RBIs. I mean, people cross the plate with this pour. You just didn't get all the way there. But other people cross the plate. It is a good pour. You know what I mean? I wasn't dogging it. I was just saying, you know, again, if you're going to look at it from every angle. I agree. Maybe this is the year these take off a little more because I think if this juice was in somebody else's bottle, it would be fetching a high price on secondary. Well, to the fact that it's hundred proof, a lot of folks write off anything that's not cash strength. However, to begin with, more than a fair amount of cash strength MGP is not hot or high proof. However, you want to look at it. I mean, sorry, I I know they shouldn't be synonyms, but I think they are in the bourbon world these days. But they're not. I mean, plenty of cash strength products are one hundred nine, one eleven. Cut it to 100 is not that much. I would hope and assume that they didn't mind with, you know, yielding a, uh, the best final product they could. But I think this is a good good piece of work. There are, there are plenty of things blended, younger or older, that do not come out to this degree. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I am a buy, buy a bottle, buy it at a bar, buy this one. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, on the Edward scale, the bottle looks pretty damn cool, too. <laughs> I haven't been talking about that as much. I'm glad you're the one that keeps it alive and brings it up. That's the first time we've had it. You know, I mean, I only bring it up when I think it's relevant, but this is, you know, the first good looking bottle we've had in a minute. You've brought it up a few times lately. I mean, not like neither of us in a minute, but like the last couple of times it's been brought up on this show, it's been you. Well, of course. I mean, that's what I do. (laughs) Well, Zeke, we love what you do. All y'all find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Well, if they want to hopefully engage in some fun conversations, we're trying to get more of those in the Facebook group. But uh, physically, you can always find us in good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.